Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Hi today is going to be a very interesting conversation with Pallav Prakash in the eve of uh, our 72nd republic day uh, we met with a navy veteran a computer technologist at heart and being a program manager with navy for more than two decades uh, he shares his journey of working with high tech technology and the kind of awe that he has um with technology at large and he also shares with a uh, lot of uh, patriotism towards his country and uh, please bear with me that we are, we have kept that kept it as is uh, so that we want to hear his voice of how software has shaped his life as well as his journey as well listen on Welcome to the Software People Stories, Pallav. Very excited to talk to you about your interests as well as your career development and your learnings uh, in this whole uh, journey. While we get started, can we uh, introduce yourself as to what you're doing today and what has been your big milestones? So, thank you, Gayatri. Thank you for this opportunity, and uh, thank you, listeners, for taking our time to listen to me. So my story about software is uh, a kind of mixed one. Uh, in my early years, uh, back in the eighties, I was in class. There used to be a criteria laid down that only a couple of people with a certain aggregate would qualify for computer science as a subject. So lucky for me, at that time, software was something new. So I started my career with uh, BBC Microcomputer, if you if you all recall those days of uh, early eighties. And from there, life took a turn, and uh, I landed in the Indian Navy. Navy for me was more of uh, an adventure, a ride. I would say an experience by itself. You would walk into various domains of high end. softwares or or you call technology uh, it's one of the prime uh, leveraging platforms life in the navy was uh, pretty much exciting it's a high technology high risk high reward game in the career that i chose in the navy which was submarine i would say there are no point of returns so once you have crossed a line uh, you do not come back with an empty answer either you are there or you are not there having said that i was in in a situation back in the 90s and and early 2000s uh, when there was a heightened state of alert the kargil conflict and operation parakram then we could get to, to to test all these technologies you know the fire control solutions the mapping and and back in those days the gps would not be too reliable everything came down into one so that was the beginning of what we at that time india envisioned that we must have self reliance and at that time there was a huge impetus on technology softwares so my life started with that and um, as i grew up in the years there was a lot of push for embracing technology so i've been involved in couple of 
high enterprise level program management. Couple of them were related to human resources. Couple of them were related to material planning. Some were related to database management. And last but not the least, in the early 2000s or probably somewhere around 2010 or 2012, uh, Navy embarked on digitization of what we call as files, the bureaucracy or the bureaucratic system. I'm very happy to let you know that uh, a couple of days back, I read somewhere in the paper that the entire government of India, at least the central government, has switched over to an electronic file-based or a decision-based system. So that's that's the proof of the pudding. That beginning, uh, Navy started something and today it's, it's all across the board. So I've seen that, been a part of it, uh, carried some uh, 20 years of experience, and then I came to this part of the world. And uh, only to realize that India is not far behind. I must thank all the software people for making India what it is today. I have seen the level of difference when you walk in with a blue passport across immigration to various parts of the world and the way you were treated and greeted versus the way you are treated and greeted now. So I have seen the change. I attribute it to the, the people who are in software and big, you know building so much of reputation far and wide, anywhere and everywhere. And now that I'm in San Francisco Bay Area, there's another component that I, I must acknowledge, the women in technology or the women, Indian women in software, I would probably term it as the biggest lot or the biggest group that's an unsung hero. So I would like to take this opportunity to greet and, and to wish well for the women in technology specifically, because they have never claimed accolades but they are a big backbone and, and they are one of the most instrumental people for making India where it is today. So that, that's something I would like to link from my story to my motivation. Awesome introduction, Pallav. I think um, if uh, you know how internet was formed, right, in DARPA, so lab actually they formed and said we have to communicate to each other. And that's how internet really formed. And uh, I mean, from that and uh, I am from the electronics background when we started learning electronics and communication, the main reason why we actually learned was for long range communication from a Navy, Army, you know, how do you ensure that in, in a flight, flight situation, you are able to communicate reliably. That time, every bit was extremely important. How do you ensure that those bits are not lost and their retries and all of that? I mean, it's very great to hear you say that you've been the user of it from the Indian Navy standpoint. I have always uh, felt that Indian Navy has been a cutting edge of it, right? I, because that's the time when you actually see products. Absolutely correct. See, uh, you actually uh, go to your, uh, you know, um, uh, in Bangalore, we used to have every year there will be one, uh, one there will be a, in, uh, in Hindi, it used to be called a production or a showcase of all the things. But you actually see only the hardware part of it. But you know intrinsically that these things are being powered by the beat from a software, from an architectural perspective, the design of it or the actual software which is powering. Can you share some stories from, from your implementation saying that, aha, this is also possible. I, you, you couldn't believe that. I have a very uh, beautiful story to narrate. I was a young officer and uh, I went in into a particular class of submarines and I was told that, you know, this equipment 
this is from this country. This equipment, this is from this country. This machinery is from this part of the world. So I said, okay, all of that is there. Tell me something. What are the key pieces behind all of this? I mean, machineries and equipment will run. How do you manage them? How do you control them? What are the logistics involved? And, and what is the programming behind it? They said, and, and, and this is, I quote my that time commanding officer, and he smiled very, he was a lieutenant when these submarines were being acquired from abroad. He said, you know, Pallav, the most interesting thing is that all of this is okay. Somebody has given this, somebody has given that. But the beauty in all of this is that the armament that is required to fire, which is all computerized, the fire control solution or the firing solutions or the computers or computation behind it has been done by Indians. And the story goes that at the time when Indian Railways was developing its first computerized reservation system with the help of Canadians in Canada, there was a parallel team of Indian Naval officers who were writing codes to test the firing solutions of armaments and weapons uh, because they had all the hardware, but what we never got was this. And that was to, to, to what the stories have been told. That was the beginning of self-reliance. In fact, there are a couple of uh, institutionalized mechanisms where the, the core technologies are actually being developed by Indians in India, and it has been tested in a battle scenario. It has been absolutely successful. So while people say that uh, we got this equipment from this part of the world or that part of the world, let me assure you that that is something that was developed by the Navy. That is one. The second most important thing is the inventory management system. When you have equipments and components from all parts of the world, inventory management is a huge issue. The second largest inventory management system in India is actually run by the Navy. And the first is actually the Air Force. Oh my God, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, so the largest inventory management system in India is actually run by the Air Force. The second is the Navy. And while the technology has spread, let me also assure you, Navy is one of the few services, at least what I know of, where the human resources, the inventory management, the battle management systems, the machinery control systems, all of these are actually driven by software. And, and that's where I say, and that was actually my first brush. I went into one of development centers and my first brush was that I would find ladies working there wearing salwar suits in the morning and on the computer, on the solution, working to refine it, taking inputs from the users and, and, and working across. So, uh, as I said, this is where the unsung part goes. Nobody, you know, the credit always, my, my commanding officer used to say, the credit always goes to the CEO, but it's the chef or the submarine that has worked hard for it. So, that is where I would say one of the stories and on the battlefront, on the battlefield, it is these codes that don't fail us to make our lives positive. I really wish that we would have had seen some kind of action, but I would say in the interest of peace, that did not happen. That these codes have never failed us. In fact, our full financial management system of the Navy, I was a part of it. 
which we we started the entire budgeting of the navy actually runs on an enterprise level financial management system and wow. that has been developed by indians coming up with solutions that we never thought of now navy has access to satellites the combat systems have changed it's more and more reliance on technology but nothing of it would have been possible had these our fellow mates or and, and why i keep repeating indians is because i am based out of san francisco so you have to understand that context so they are the ones who have driven to to come up with innovative solutions cater to indian situations so hats off to them sometimes it's not about using the weaponry actually if you have the weaponry that gives a self confidence you have something in your uh, armory i think that is the biggest thing in fact more and more uh, the countries are developing so everybody is investing more and more into software of um, drone technology or the reason azerbaijan gave a very different insight of warfare we do not want those warfare but at the same time we also want those systems and to protect ourselves right so one is the sides of you know the actual physical protection the other is data protection how do you ensure that you protect yourself from all the uh, piracy issues and everything so i think different levels of protection i think everywhere software plays a big role i can tell you from this another two incidences i'll quote you one is the falklands war when the argentinians had bombed the aircraft carrier of the british and the bombs fell like a dud reason the armament or the coding or whatever was required to trigger that fuse did not happen lesson to take away what navy took was what is the point of having a high end weapon when you do not have a good guidance system to control it you know and that is pure software that's pure electronics that's pure eprom or whatever name you want to give it we have been able to overcome that challenge in our own indian way and you have to realize that once you are giving when one some country tries to give you brains then what happens is there's a huge charge or the huge amount to it in the transfer of technology that is where our software people have come to assist the not only the government but the country as a whole for a simple reason in those 90s and 2000s when india was in an economically tight position these people developed it on their own gave the technology gave the wherewithal and gave the confidence and today when we say that you know we can operate from anywhere we we can be in any part of the world we can be in space so it's all because the software the technology the encryption systems you know whatever goes into giving a safe product a safe program is what navy has been able to achieve and i'm very happy to say that as a man today who's who's now not in uniform i still remain very satisfied and very thankful to the way people have gone about and delivered what is required i mean software people have delivered technologies all across the world indians are known as the it people but i can tell you what they have delivered to india is itself very commendable and think um, hats off to you pallav and every time there is a any conversation about folks who are serving it is very with a sense of patriotism right immediate patriotism there is no i mean there is nothing like you know uh, some some song has to go in the background nothing like that it just yeah. comes automatically i think 
hats off to you and your service can you share how from there you moved out of navy and you've been in this program management and what 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 made you shift to US. You know, uh, I will put it this way. There are some kind of people who have a little, I would not say deviated way of thinking, but have a hunger and desire to see what's going on in others' plates than, you know, what is what has been served So uh, to, to them. So, so that was one of the thought process that in, in various parts of the Navy, I am in frontline deployments, ships, submarines to human resources and finally before leaving i was a part of the veteran administration system in india they call it the pension office and okay. was a, was in the forefront of setting it up after having done that you know something struck me and and that was that this has been a very contended life what next where's the next challenge I don't say Navy didn't have challenges. Navy had lots of challenges. Somewhere I thought, why not taste something which is outside of the regular palate? And of course, uh, my better half, as I said, the unsung hero, my wife, she was a part of that decision making and supported me immensely. And I landed at the Johns Hopkins University to pursue an MBA on a scholarship. And the story goes is that as part of it, when during internships, people try to go to a a commercial sector or a banking sector or a technology sector or something. For whatever worth it may be, I chose and I landed up uh, in a public school system because somewhere I felt one of the best ways to give it to a country or any country is to be a part of their challenges and work towards it. So in my own very little way of a very small internship program through a summer, I interned uh, at Chicago Public Schools. And from there, the journey began and I landed at uh, Anita B as a risk program manager. And um, as one would say, uh, got very close to how technologies are developed and delivered and how you can have data sets that are more, I would not say, gender equitable. That is, that is one of the challenges we face on internet, how these data sets would actually be able to cater to that requirement. So I've been a part of that movement. And of course, I met you there. And uh, as luck would have it, one fine day, I was asked to manage uh, India programs. And uh, I came across you, Gayatri, and several other very, very interesting people. So again, this is a question of how do you try and pro- solve a problem in society it's not exactly a problem, but how do you make sure that people who are working towards solving a problem, how can you further their their voices and those kind of thoughts which make things more gender equitable across the globe? It's, it's not only India or US. And then I was also involved in EMEA part of our programs, of the program segment of Anita B. Recently, I have joined an organization uh, that... Uh, It's a startup and uh, doing very well, trying to solve the child transportation problem in the school system of United States. So, so, you know, uh, this is where uh, I would say, you know, the program management or the the IT solutions are being crafted. These kind of stories are are being crafted. And my CEO, she's an Indian woman of trying to solve a child transportation problem or the school bus problem of uh, this thing and how we can leverage this technology to the next level where it is in conformity with climate change issues 
that means how do we adopt new technologies in this area where uh, children are not exposed to the gaseous fumes and things like that. So use optimized routes and uh, ensure that uh, you have the least uh, cost as well as the from an environment perspective. Uh, yeah, vehicle with low fuel emissions, okay. uh, uh, new generation vehicles, electric vehicles and things like that. Grateful to have this kind of an opportunity to move forward. And as I said, solving IT has immense capability to solve world problems. Not all, but a lot of it. This is where I would say the people, the software, people in the software must think and, and move forward that eventually they are solving a problem. Very true, fellow. In fact, uh, you were talking about you know solving the school problems. It's a very interesting problem. It's mind-boggling that uh, school buses has been existing for 50 years, but nobody actually thought of they have done an incremental so, change, right? I think that's a big thing. And let me tell you, uh, my leader, uh, Ritu, uh, who happens to be a first-generation immigrant in the U.S., and uh, she has been in the forefront, and her story is exactly that, that if I need to send my children to school, how do I send it safely? How do I send it in an environmentally uh, conforming manner? How can I make the society more, I would say, uh, free from all of this pollution. A lot of factors were put in and then the Zoom was created, which is my current organization. Problem solving can only be done or solutions can be found not from somebody sitting on top of it, but somebody who's in the middle of it or right at it. So unless you are in that problem, you cannot understand the overall situation. And, and that is what I take this analogy back to the independence days when our previous generation of forefathers thought that we would not like to be told what to do rather than we would try and find solutions of how to do, where to do. It may take a little while here and there, but we'll get there. And, and this is what is that spirit that continues to till today. Uh, we have made a lot of forays into solving technological challenges to make systems or businesses work. Now is the time to use those technology to make the society work, a society as a whole, as a better place. And this is where uh, solving child transportation system, working to push you know, more women into technology so that data sets that exist in this world they are more balanced. They become equitable. How do you make technology more accessible? These are the issues. These are the challenges which I would say the society needs to find solutions. And I'm very gung-ho and very upbeat about the fact that a lot of solutions are coming from those who were in some or the other kind of situations in the past or in the present in that problem. So that is something which I feel very upbeat about that those solutions are coming. A lot of it is coming from India. A lot of work is being done across the world. I mean, not only in India, but across the world. But people who are doing it are actually the ones who have faced it at some point in time. And it's not a borrowed idea, quote unquote, that, you know, you think about something and then do it. No, it is actually the people who are facing it. This is my experience. I would say society still remains society. Challenges may differ because of place and geography or conditions or cultural norms, but eventually solutions have to be found. And 
and IT or software is one of, or technology is one of the best ways, or I would say it actually reduces the timelines to solve those problems. So that that is my thing. I think it's fantastically put. Uh, in fact, if you reduce the timeline and reduce the cost, right? To that extent, you're actually reducing the resistance from the electronics world. If you actually, uh, it's not that every resistance can be overcome. But if you actually have a lower resistance, the ability for more people to overcome increases. You actually have this catalyst effect, effect, effect right? More and more people do it. I think it spearheads uh, by in itself. It's been a very, very interesting conversation, Pallav. So if you look at yourself, right? Where do you see yourself in the next five, eight years? A person who likes to be in the forefront of solving problems. I see myself in a space where I continue to work and give back to society. I do not know which society, what society, where society, but I do know that it has to be a thing where I should be giving back to society. It could be in the forefront of commercial technology or it it could be in forefront of solving the needs of the society, but I do see myself as one of the persons who will be involved in this game. And why I say so is, it's not only true for me, it's true for everyone. The current generation is the one which is leapfrogging technology. And I will give you an example what technology has done to humans. My mother, when I was a child, my mother would say that pick up the phone, tell the operator that you have to call your father on this number and book a trunk call. This was in early 80s. So I would pick up a phone. And I would do that whenever I would like to speak. When I grew up and I became an officer in the Navy, I would go at 10 in the night and I would go to what we called then as STD, ISD, STD, PCO. And wait till 10 o'clock, till the rates would come down to a quarter for the day and then talk to my parents maybe once a week. Now, I had my youngest son came to the US when he was three or four three and a half years and now the way he understands that technology is that and and he told me the other day when he around his fifth birthday that dad it is very bad to talk on phone by keeping your phone on the ears you have to call you have to see the other person and then speak (laughs) so he understands a phone where you can do uh, you know, a video call because the boy has not seen that. I'm a person who has transited from a so-called booking a call, waiting for three hours, and then to now a place where people would just pick up the phone. And he said, Dad, you don't need to remember all these numbers. It has no meaning. Just tell, uh, you know, one of those voice assistants. And, and, and uh, that voice assistant will call. This is how technology has changed for the common people. I'll give you another small anecdote. The other day I was reading about, uh, I think it is Nal Se Jal Ya Jal Se Nal, and pardon me for, for missing that, but it is the ability to provide drinking water or tap water to the villages in India. And, and uh, yeah, Nal Se Jal. And while there has been a lot of stories behind it, does anyone even think that all of that has been possible with 
IT technology mapping where what is being done. When you put a water pipeline, you should know, um, uh, you know, what whatever the distance of the water or the consumption and things like that, whatever are the parameters. Unless you map it, you wouldn't know where this has been laid out and where it is today. What I'm trying to say is technology, the fruit of technology is best when the society consumes it. That is where I see not only myself, I see the current generation. I know for a fact that uh, the youngest nation in the world is India. And uh, from wherever um, India has reached, it is going to go farther because the current generation understands the value of technology. And the older generation would always support for a simple reason. They have seen that change. And there is also this uh, term like fire in the belly. So if you have seen the worst, you know that you want to get better. So not that. Uh, and it's not from a position of greed or a position of, uh, you know, uh, wanting more and more. But actually, uh, just to ensure that you don't re regress as a society, I think that in itself is a very worthy cause. Uh, and that motivates. I think for me, just being a woman in tech and ensuring that I stay in the path. Keep me motivated. Uh, how much ever everybody, every challenges are there. So many challenges are there for all of us. That keeps us going. Uh, you know, there's a very small anecdote I would like to share. I was talking to a girl, girl student or a lady student or whatever you want to say, in one of the premier institutes of India. And this is about 15 years back when I, I was uh, just about in my early 30s. This lady, uh, she must be a professional now. In one of the conversations, I said, why did you choose computer science? And again, no offense meant to any other branch. All are equally valuable and um, um, they are important because you can't do one with the other. And I said, see, computer science would always be in the back end of the thing, enabling systems. So why can't you be in the forefront? See how people choose their streams in life. And I wish and hope that she has continued till this date in that stream. She said, I chose computer science and I worked hard towards it because I knew that in the merit list, you have to have a certain number of seats uh, are there and you got to be in the high merit to make it. Again, as I said, no offense to any other branch, but she said a very good reason that, you know, sir, the best part for me, the only reason for me to choose computer science is that I will get to sit in AC and work. Imagine what a small logic for somebody to work hard and make it to the top hundreds of the merit list to get the subject of her choice, simply because she said my life would be comfortable. Fast forward 20 years and I again uh, went on to meet this now a lady. And in the so-called the forefront of technology, but I saw her as one of the business leaders. And I just happened to exchange notes. And I said, you remember, I was that time a lieutenant and uh, today we are meeting here in the US and you were the one who told me this. So she laughed off and she said, Palav, you know, I pursued it for a, for a very long time till, till in most of the wor world that I would work, the environment itself was AC. So it did not matter whether I am a computer technologist or I'm a business woman. Uh, the world has changed. India has changed. And while we are meeting in this part of the world, mm. I actually work in India and I work to 
promote technology or or you know take technology to the villagers so that is the second part of the story which is the beautiful part that i had access to technology i could compete and reach now i know my country has the capability to produce those many engineers i want to take this to the girls and the boys in the villages so that they can get the benefit or reap the benefit of technology or computer technology or software technology and we could get some fresh ideas to develop new solutions so that is how i see things changing it's amazing summary of uh, how how as a country also we are changing right when i joined the workforce one of the questions that i was asked is why software at that point in time the first answer was guess what it's actually paying a lot more than <laughs> other <laughs> there are very small reasons so right it may sound very naive oh you shouldn't have a passion you didn't have this i said that's not where my you know mindset was but now i do have because that my basic needs right um, um, are already fulfilled that i i have a you know self actualization that i am moving towards so it's very very well summed up i know we are we have been talking quite a bit uh, any final thoughts that you want to share with uh, our audience could probably have one more follow on conversation i have so many questions oh 100% <laughs> any time but there is one thing i would definitely uh, try and 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 tell the audience and that is please continue to do what you are doing in a very small little way you are actually the building blocks of not only the nation but i would say society as a whole you may be working for an organization that may be based out of some part of the world you may be working on a technology that is solving some other problem of some other part of the world but please remember one thing eventually you are solving a problem and as i said there were times that i have walked past an immigration and i would again no offense meant people hardly knew some people have actually asked me in the past oh you are from india but where is actually india located this is back in 2005 and 6 when i would travel to some remote parts of europe to now a situation oh you are from india oh you are the it guy i said no i do not have an it degree no no but you are still an it guy indians and it they go hand in hand so this is something that i must tell you and this is across the globe believe you me in about 50 odd countries that i have been to the general perception is indians are problem solvers and they solve problems through technology so i would only i would not only say indians i would say people in the software domain please understand and think and take pride that you are actually solving a problem it's not about uh, you know uh, running some kind of um, program or a project or this or that eventually it is problem solving and you may be in the back end but the final user who's on the front end is actually benefiting from how you do it and the way you have done it so that would be my message and um, a little addition to that would be my salutes to the women in technology or or to the women out there who still go a lot of them go unrecognized i would say the day has come the world is having a look at these people who are managing the challenges of uh, you know the society the business the work 
and the family. This is something that I would like to commend those women out there, the way they are working, the positive mindset they have. Once they grow, the next generation grows. So, so that is the, the, the most important thing. That population is actually the one which will drive future generations. I, I, I actually have goosebumps now. Oh, I'm, I'm very grateful. A lot of it goes to my mother. I have seen her changing multiple hats at multiple times, rising to challenges. And when I see how can we make sure that this person can be enabled further in solving the problem at which he or she is there. The only thing is that I have now started looking uh, more positively or with a deeper sense of gratitude towards women and, and not for anything else. But as you grow and mature, you realize that this is that my grandmother would go as an unsung hero. My mother went as an unsung hero. Sometimes when I uh, see my children uh, talking to their mama uh, in, in some ways, I take that time out to talk to them and say that, remember, she is the one who has held us together. So good stead or bad stead, but she's the one who's the binding factor. And that is why I say for women out there, please understand that this is your moment. Live, live it and live it to the full. You are a part of problem solving and not uh, the other way around. So I would I like to send this message across to the women in India, especially those who are in technology. Excellent, Maya. Thank you so much. And wish you a very very happy 2022 and i hope all your dreams and uh, wishes come to um, and wishes to all the listeners as well thank you so much for your time thank you very much gayatri thank you for giving me this opportunity and thank you all the audience wish you all a very very happy new year and lots of successes ahead We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people's stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com.